BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. I'm Sasha Coca, and this is the California Report magazine. Today, we're going to bring you a special investigation from our friends at KPCC in Los Angeles about how nursing homes are failing some of the most vulnerable people in our state. Our elders, people with long-term illnesses, or mental health conditions. And I should warn you, we're going to be describing medical details that may be upsetting to some people. Families put their loved ones in nursing homes because they think they're going to get better care. They assume somebody's going to keep an eye out, but that's not always true. We saw that bed sore and it was horrible. Literally, I could stick my pinky in it. It was down to the bone. Her room was full of throw up. Maggots that were literally growing inside of his leg. Things were that bad in some nursing homes even before COVID. When the pandemic hit, it got much worse. More than 9,000 nursing home residents in California have died from COVID-19. Some facilities didn't even take basic precautions. They were not giving us N95 masks at that time. They had them locked up in the administrator's office. The missteps, even the deaths, come as no surprise to advocates for nursing home reform. But as KPCC investigative reporters Ellie Yu and Aaron Mendelson discovered, the state also knows these nursing homes are failing patients and lets them stay in business. Their documentary is called Immediate Jeopardy, Death and Neglect in California Nursing Homes. Here's Ellie. We've been looking into one nursing home chain that's been flagged over and over by state regulators. It's called Renew Health, and it's owned by a woman named Crystal Solorzano. Renew has a network of dozens of nursing homes throughout the state. Solorzano's businesses own, operate the homes, or have been involved in management or administration. About 2% of all nursing home patients in California receive care at a facility connected to Renew. Problems existed in their homes long before COVID-19, but the pandemic threw them into stark relief. We spoke to people who saw that firsthand. One of them is Devon Green. He was a housekeeper at a facility tied to Renew near Oakland called Orinda Care Center. When I initially started, it was like half the building, like half. Devon says the virus infected half of the residents when he began working at Orinda in April of last year. The number doubled in a matter of days. We took the weekend off, went back, and then it was the whole building except one person. Devon says he had to ask for personal protective equipment and says he had to reuse it. There's only so much you could do when you're wearing the same mask. You'll put it in like, like a little 
Big Mac box and keep it. Put your face shield in a bag and keep it and then come in with it the next day. Contra Costa County health officials visited the nursing home and found that even during the outbreak, the staff wasn't properly or consistently using PPE. They also noticed a, quote, severe lack of staffing. But Devon says most days, it was actually much worse. He told investigators management staged equipment. Pretty much they went around and put, like, PPE on every little station, wipes, gloves, all that. That wasn't like that every day. When health inspectors left, he says management gathered up the masks, face shields, and gloves and locked them in an office. Devon left Orinda in May, just a month after he started. He spoke to law enforcement about his experiences. And in May, the Contra Costa County District Attorney's Office obtained a search warrant on suspicion of elder abuse. The case has been turned over to the state attorney general. State regulators say Orinda Care Center is one of many facilities connected to Renew Health failing patients. Cynthia Carrillo's brother died after getting COVID at another facility in Upland, California. Ms. Carrillo? Yes. Good morning. I meet Cynthia outside her house. It's a clear, sunny day in early February. We walk over to a nearby park. We're both masked. L.A. has just gone through the worst surge in the pandemic. She sits on a park bench and tells me about her older brother, David. David enjoyed music. His favorite was Elvis. He loved to dance and sing and always happy. This is from a video of the two of them a couple years ago. Go, David, go. Go, David, go. Cynthia cheers David on as he sways to Jailhouse Rock. David had Down syndrome. He lived with Cynthia and her family in their two-story home. Cynthia says he was always protective of her. He'd call her bonita, Spanish for pretty. She called him an energizer bunny. But on Christmas Day in 2019, David wasn't like himself. He was having a lot of um, anxiety where he was kind of yelling, screaming. And we're like, okay, something's wrong. We couldn't get him to move from where he was sitting. We couldn't get him to go down the stairs. She took David to the ER. The doctor said he was in the early stages of dementia. Cynthia worried if she took him home, the same thing would happen again. So while she looked for a one-story house, she had David stay in a nursing home across the street from the hospital. It was called Villa Mesa Care Center, a facility in Renew Health's network. Cynthia went to see him every day. He would blow her kisses. Always flirting with the nurses. That was one of the things that he always had everybody laughing. One of his favorite things that he would do would, when he would be walking is kind of stop and dance and wiggle his butt. And so even in the bed at Villa Mesa, he would just start wiggling around and dancing. She says his condition got worse. He was often in a wheelchair. His clothes weren't being changed. She says one time she found him sleeping in the middle of the day and learned staff gave him a psychotropic drug without her permission. It was very difficult to have to leave him and go home. So our goal was to be able to get him out as quick as we could. And unfortunately, that didn't happen. COVID shut everything down. She couldn't visit, so she called Villa Mesa to check on David. A few weeks into the pandemic, she says she was able to talk to him through a window. 
She remembers staff pushed David up near the entrance in his wheelchair. They were not wearing any masks. A staff member handed David a phone so Cynthia could talk to him. It was very hard for us to see that and to see the staff walking around like nothing was going on, you know, regarding the pandemic. She says she asked the infection control nurse why they weren't wearing masks, and the nurse told her they didn't need them. Ten days after her visit, Cynthia and her husband woke up to a call. It was from the hospital. David couldn't breathe. I had to call the hospital back and make the decision to place him on the ventilator. And my husband was um, next to me when he heard the doctor say that. He was a very, very sick, sick man. And they said that he, that he was kind of coherent. Um, but at that time, they had to um, sedate him to place the ventilator, and I couldn't be there with him <laughs> to even let him know that everything would be okay. He was probably wondering where I was. <laughs> David died a week later from COVID-19. He was 65. Cynthia never got to say goodbye. She filed a wrongful death lawsuit against Villa Mesa. That case is pending. We talked to a charge nurse who was at Villa Mesa when David was there. She only wanted to use her middle name, Anna, out of fear of retaliation. We ended up having like patients here and there with COVID and they were not giving us N95 masks at that time. They had them locked up in the administrator's office and we were told that we didn't need them. Anna says management told staff there was no outbreak, but... Sure enough, within that week, we found out like, uh, you know, like a handful more patients were COVID positive. And they were still telling us there's no outbreak, there's no outbreak. Well, slowly after that happened, then employees started turning up COVID positive. Even then, she says they weren't getting N95 masks from the facility. Anna couldn't take the risk of getting infected. Her husband had kidney failure, so she decided to leave. I didn't feel safe there anymore. To date, at least 23 Villa Mesa residents have died from COVID-19, including David Carrillo. That's according to federal data. Compared to other nursing homes in the state, the facility had high rates of both infection and death. The two nursing homes we've been talking about so far, Arinda and Villa Mesa, are connected to a company called Renew Health. Based on public records, we found at least 26 nursing homes connected to Renew. Hundreds of residents at those facilities have been infected with COVID-19. Nearly 200 have died. In a statement, a spokesman for the company told us their, quote, facilities continue to follow infection prevention protocols to protect the health and well-being of the residents and staff. But this isn't just a story about the pandemic. Trouble existed at Renew facilities years before the coronavirus. I wanted to get a look at their nursing homes. 
So my colleague Aaron Mendelson and I checked out some renewed facilities a few months ago. But we're outside Santa Fe Heights Healthcare Center in Compton. It's a one-story building, kind of burnt orange color. This is the third place we visited. Uh, but we haven't seen on the outside of any of these facilities anything that says Renew or Renew Health Group. Yeah, so we're at the side of the building and there's just a lot of trash laying around on the grass between the gate and the building itself. Um, lots of overgrown weeds. Ooh, watch out. Yeah, there's like a hanging wire. In 2019, the facility inappropriately discharged a resident, but it was fined $20,000. The resident was missing for two weeks and found on the ground in a park. So they like rate nursing homes also, Medicare does, and five stars is the best, and one star is the worst. And most of these facilities are like one and two stars. Santa Fe Heights is a two-star facility. Renew Health is one of a growing number of nursing home chains in the state. And at the top of Renew is CEO Crystal Solorzano. She calls herself an industry lifer. I have been in the healthcare business, most specifically skilled nursing, since I was 15 years old. That's from a TV interview she gave last year to ABC in the Bay Area. Solorzano is not an obvious mogul. She filed bankruptcy in 2007. According to her filing, she was a single parent at the time, working as a nurse in Petaluma. She climbed the ladder. By 2009, Salarzano was a nursing home administrator in Imperial County for a chain called Brias. It's California's biggest. When she was there, she and the facility were sued for elder abuse. An 84-year-old patient was recovering from a broken leg. He developed a severe wound. A staff member described it as beefy red. And ultimately, his leg had to be amputated. Matthew Pare was his attorney. Even before it was amputated, you know, there was some really gruesome things, uh, such as maggots that were literally growing inside of his leg. Pare filed suit in 2012. Lawyers for the facility denied wrongdoing. Pare said the case ended up settling. Soon after, Solorzano started working for a company in business with that nursing home chain. She left with a $650,000 severance package. That's according to testimony at a state hearing. In 2014, she founded Renew Health and managed to start buying nursing homes. And her financial fortunes changed. Today, public records show Solorzano owns three residential properties in Redondo Beach and Hermosa Beach. They're worth more than $11 million. We reached out to Solorzano several times for an interview, but she declined. Here's my colleague Aaron reading from part of a lengthy statement a Renew spokesman sent. It says, Ms. Solorzano is fully qualified to own and operate nursing homes and in fact has specialized in acquiring troubled facilities and turning them around to preserve and maintain critical bed space that would otherwise have been unavailable during the pandemic. Renew is now six years old. Regulators found significant issues from the start. At one facility, a nursing assistant was arrested for raping a patient and pled no contest to elder abuse. And in 2017, Barbara Macias' older sister Jacqueline was admitted to Santa Fe Heights, the nursing home we'd visited in Compton. Jacqueline was 49. She had bipolar disorder and schizophrenia. And, says Barbara, Her diabetes was absolutely horrible. She needed someone to monitor her diabetes for her safety. Barbara and her dad would drive all the way from San Diego. What they saw worried them. 
In just a week, Jacqueline lost 12 pounds. She told me and my dad that she was, every single piece of food that she ate, she would throw up in the trash can in her room, that her room was full of throw up. The facility staff tried to give her a nutrition shake. She couldn't keep it down, but they kept giving it to her anyway and didn't tell the dietitian. This was all documented by a state investigation. Barbara was also worried about her sister's blood sugar levels. Something felt just off. During one of her visits, Jacqueline was desperate. She told me, please help me, Barbara. Please help me get out of here. I need your help. Please help me. And she was begging me to help her. Barbara says she tried, but didn't have the legal authority to pull her out. Jacqueline was at the nursing home for just a month. At around 4 a.m. on February 16, 2017, staff found Jacqueline unresponsive. When paramedics arrived, she was in cardiac arrest. Her blood sugar levels were more than triple what's normal. An autopsy found Jacqueline died of heart disease. A contributing factor was ketoacidosis. That's a poisonous buildup of acids in the blood, often caused by unchecked diabetes. Barbara says she didn't find out about her sister's death until two days later. I was at my friend's house and my sister Carol called me because they left a voicemail and they just left a voicemail. The California Department of Public Health investigated Jacqueline's death. It found the facility didn't follow her treatment plan or tell her doctor when her condition got worse. In the end, the state fined the facility $20,000 and issued a Class A citation. They're issued when conditions present imminent danger, even a possibility of death for residents. Since then, Santa Fe Heights has received at least three more Class A citations. Other Renew facilities have racked up dozens of violations and fines. This is the California Report magazine. You're listening to a documentary from our colleagues at KPCC called Immediate Jeopardy, Death and Neglect in California Nursing Homes. Reporter Ellie has been telling us how one nursing home chain called Renew Health has failed its patients again and again. Well, guess what? Regulators have let it continue to operate and even expand. Here's Ellie again. Crystal Salarzano is founder and CEO of Renew Health, which is currently connected to 26 nursing homes in the state. Her ambitions go well beyond those facilities. Last spring, as the coronavirus surged across the country, Salarzano created a company called the Domestic Medical Supply Coalition to sell PPE. She posted this Instagram video last March. As we told you, we got masks. Mask manufacturing right now. Coming at you in the next few days. We came into LA during the apocalypse to make sure that you guys all know that Renew has got you. My nurses are good. I told you, I promise you, deliver. This was around the same time employees told us PPE was being locked away. Salerzano's new company moved fast. They placed an order for $8 million for something called Freedom Fabric. But according to legal filings, the goods they made with it didn't sell. Salerzano's company stopped making payments to the supplier and even allegedly refused shipments at the door. 
Now the companies are fighting it out in court. In its statement, a Renew spokesman said, quote, Solarzano is one of the few people that did something to mitigate those desperate early PPE shortages, end quote. There's something the spokesman didn't address. In December of 2020, when nursing home residents were starting to become eligible for the vaccine, Solarzano took to Instagram. She has 11,000 followers there, and she spread misinformation. One post included the false claim that the COVID vaccine changes human DNA. She shared another post from an anti-vaccine account that said in its description, quote, the COVID vaccine should be avoided at all costs. Michael Wasserman is a doctor who's worked in the nursing home industry for decades. God, this is the, this is the owner? I mean, this is a leader in nursing homes doing this? Correct. Wow. I mean, to me, this is absolutely irresponsible. Wasserman is part of California's Community Vaccine Advisory Committee. I showed him Solarzano's Instagram stories. It's bad enough that there's people who do this because they're just ignorant. It's unconscionable that someone who is in a leadership position in a nursing home or a nursing home chain would do this. Absolutely irresponsible and unconscionable. Quote me on any of that. The state is well aware that Solarzano is unfit to run nursing homes. It said so. In 2019, Solarzano applied to take over nine facilities. In California, the State Department of Public Health has to approve a new owner for a nursing home. So Solarzano had to put in nine separate applications. Regulators denied all of them. That's unusual. A letter addressed to Solarzano cited 128 federal deficiencies at her properties over three years. They included 14 deficiencies known as immediate jeopardies. Those are really, really bad. Bill Artiglare is a lawyer who represents nursing home patients. Immediate jeopardies are when regulators find a situation that's so dire that it's, quote, caused or likely to cause serious injury, harm, impairment, or death to a resident. When you're an operator and you have that many deficiencies for care at different facilities, that really sticks out as a real problem. The letter from California's public health department makes another startling claim. It says when Solarzano applied to be a nursing home administrator, she submitted a fraudulent college transcript. The college she listed on her resume told KPCC they have no record of her attending. But even though the Department of Public Health denied her the nine licenses, and even though the agency said she lied about her qualifications, Solarzano's businesses are still running those nursing homes. Tony Chicatel is an attorney with the California Advocates for Nursing Home Reform. We now have operators, including Sor Lozano, who seem to understand that you don't need a license to operate a facility in California, maybe ever. He says that's because you can actually start operating a nursing home first and then apply for a license. The approval process, the licensure process is a farce. California has, in a sense, rolled out the red carpet for bad providers. Chikatel says the decision by state regulators to deny Solarzano licenses doesn't mean her businesses can't run them. She can appeal the decision and during the appeal, stay in charge. Advocates say other industries don't work like this. Barbers can't cut hair without a license. Surgeons can't perform surgery without one. But you can operate a nursing home even after the state denies your application for a license. It's a really 
bizarre, completely exploited process. The California Department of Public Health doesn't see it that way. We asked multiple times for an interview, but the department declined. It said the COVID-19 response was its priority. Instead, they sent an email. It said all nursing homes do have a licensed owner. It just might not be the person or the company that's currently operating it. That means Solarzano can run nursing homes, even without her own license. Even if the state knows she's unfit, knows her company has a track record of harming patients. Jacatel says the system is broken. Our director likes to say that her cat could apply to run a nursing home in California. And I'd like to say, obviously, we think that the cat would not qualify. But it, it doesn't really matter if you don't qualify because you can just keep running the place and drag out the process of the appeals. He says bad actors can take advantage. And the people who run the system know that. And yet they allow themselves to be exploited year after year after year. It's, it's really wild. In Sacramento, Assemblymember Al Muratsuchi of Torrance wants to change how this system works. When I first came across this, I, I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I, I assumed that uh, the State Department of Public Health uh, would be doing its job and ensuring that unlicensed operators would not be able to continue to operate. He introduced a bill that would require nursing home owners to get state approval before taking over. For these uh, bad actors to be able to continue to operate without a license and, and with a record of past abuses is, is simply not acceptable. So uh, we need to fix this. But the bill has been pushed back to next year. It's likely to face strong opposition from the nursing home industry. Advocates say there are things the state can act on right now. They can recommend fines of $10,000 a day. They can impose a temporary manager. And they can even cut off Medicare and Medicaid funding, a virtual death sentence for a nursing home operator. It's been a year since David Carrillo died. About a year since his sister Cynthia says she saw the staff at Villa Mesa Care Center walking around without masks. She can't drive by there anymore. There's too much, and I get angry. I get frustrated. I stop for a moment because I can feel the frustration of how he passed and how they didn't take care of him. And, you know, um, just everything is just, it's unfair. It's unfair, and we all take it very hard. Cynthia wants regulators to step in to make sure that other patients don't suffer the way she says her brother did. I mean, there should be a, a line drawn in who they can even give a license to. I mean, their lives are in your hands. How do you go to sleep at night? They don't deserve to, to manage. Not at all. After being denied licenses to take over nine nursing homes last year, Crystal Solarzano has appealed. And while those appeals are ongoing, her businesses continue to run those facilities. Late last year, she applied to take over yet another facility in Glendale. As of this spring, there are about 2,000 patients in the care of homes connected to Renew, according to federal data. And Solarzano, she posted on Instagram she's moved across the country to South Florida.
That was KPCC reporter Ellie Yu. She reported and wrote that story with Aaron Mendelson. It was edited by Adrian Hill, Mike Kessler, Megan Garvey, and Oscar Garza. The audio engineer was Eduardo Perez. To learn more about this investigation and to see a map of Renew Health facilities, you can follow the link on our website, californiareport.org. The California Report magazine is a production of KQED Public Radio in San Francisco. Our senior editor is Victoria Mauleon, Amanda Font is our director, and Brendan Willard is our engineer. Our intern is Hector Arzate. I'm Sasha Coca. Thank you so much for listening. This is the California Report magazine. Your state, your stories. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.